0: Hi, I'm Justin Tyler from SongSpotters.com, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network.
1: Science
2: fiction. It is more than just a genre appearing in literature, television, and film. For many, it is a way of life. Marauding space armies, robotic overlords, the Documentation of characters travels through space and time. Science fiction has something for everyone. Prepare to race into the unknown where the line between science fiction and science fact begins to blur. This is Galaxy Cast. And here are your hosts, Educator Bob Crisp, Uber Geek Gary Bowden. And artist Extraordinaire Eric Moruschek.
3: Hey Galaxy Cast fans, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me Eric the Artist. I am not Snoke. I have Terra the Inquisitor. Hello. And I have Gary the Stud. It's now Jedi Killer Gillian. (laughs) The stud? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Bob Crispin, your host. So we have actually a lot of things to talk about. Like I didn't even know where to begin when we started this week, but I thought the big thing we could start off with was a picture.
2: Star Wars news. That's right, a picture, which on a is podcast. which is great for podcasts, right. great for radio. <laughs> so if you go to
3: theforce.net, and again I'll put links on this in the show note, they released the first official photo of the cast mm-hmm. from the Han Solo anthology. They've not named it yet, correct? Is that my still understanding? it's just known as
0: the Han Solo anthology film.
3: Right. Whatever the anthology film is called and we not don't know at this point what it's called. So they they released a picture and of course in the middle of the picture is Aaron Aaron Reich. Am I saying that right? Aaron uh, Reich. So, Aaron yeah. Reich. And we have Danny Glover off to the right-hand side. and Who has not yet shaved his beard. He has not shaved his beard. Everybody knows that he is playing Lando Calrissian. We have a guy in the Chewbacca suit, which we now know is not going to be Peter Mayhew. And that's our next story. Uh, and, and we know that Woody Harrelson's in the movie, which... <clears throat> was not too much of a shock that got announced a couple weeks yeah. ago and then there's some other cast members various other and the other thing that I people. find
0: really weird is if you look at the photo yeah. they're all in costume I think they went really weak in the costumes for this movie <laughs> you know I just it doesn't well that fit. is the odd
3: thing Chewie's the only one in <laughs> costume That's like I'm like yeah. what like why would you do that? That was kind of weird, you know. And I
0: still, I'm sorry, I don't see Harrison Ford when I look at this guy. I know, I don't either. Not when you yet. look at I'm, Aaron
3: Ironreich, he just doesn't seem to look like the character. I'm hoping
0: to God that the, the performance and the costume and everything put it together.
3: Yeah. So what they're saying is Alden. Alden, I'm, I'm screwed up. Alden Ironreich is Han Solo. Woody Harrelson's in it. Amelia Clark, Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian, uh Tandy Newton and Thady. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Tandy Newton. Is it Tandy Newton? I think it's Thandy Newton. Okay. And Junasuo <laughs> Tamo? Suotamo. Suotamo. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm gonna have to learn how to pronounce that. He's gonna be playing Chewbacca. Uh, now that, in and of itself, wouldn't be a big deal, except for the announcement that came later, which we'll talk about in a minute. That I thought was kind of kind of interesting. So, what do you guys think about this first picture we're seeing coming from 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 this particular film and and all this? Do you guys like the idea? I mean, let's bring it back up. I want to take another look at it. You want to take another look at it? All right. <clears throat> I mean, they're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. and it's, uh, Now, if I'm understanding correctly, I don't think they've started principal photography on the Han Solo film uh, yet. I, I think this was I day think one. I oh, think was this day the, one? Yeah, I think Okay, so this is principal photography. That's the weird thing. I don't... To be honest, I have no inside information about this particular film. I have inside information about the other one. I do not have inside information about this film. So this A is,
1: film you don't have inside information I know. About? It's going
3: to be kind of awkward. Surprising. Yeah.
0: I want to see... Scroll down. I want to look at like, the front control panel. It's like...
3: It looks like the original. Well, no, it doesn't because it's got that weird like bike handle thing on it. Yeah. Which I don't think we've ever seen in the Millennium Falcon before, right? Maybe it's not the Millennium Falcon.
0: Oh. It's got the That's same true. hallway in the back. Well, it could be an early version. Could be another off, cruiser, yeah. though. It could be another cruiser.
3: Well, it's got all the knobs down here that like the pull switches they use for the the hyperdrive and all that, and it's got that power panel in the back. That's the one that Han kept hitting every time it wasn't turning on. Remember turn on. It's no. the flux and he'd, capacitor. And he'd punch it and it would turn back on. And it is the hallway. Like you said, that hallway in the background is pretty much that hallway. <coughs> and, and I believe they say let me go back to the original article. I believe they say it is the Millennium Falcon they're taking the photo in. <laughs> I guess not. So we have
0: no idea. I like also how everyone in the Pictures taking a nice photo, looking at the camera, except for Woody Harrelson, who again Who's looking off
3: in a, in a weird direction. direction. I <laughs> was even watching, <laughs> go
0: yeah. I mean, like,
3: he's he's really uh, like
0: he's looking at something down on the dashboard where people were grabbing.
3: I, I think he really likes Alden Einreich, and he's just you know, I'm working with this guy. I don't know, it does look weird wherever Woody's looking. Somebody was like, Look at the hands, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what it looks like he's looking at. That That's a moment, that's an awkward moment. I he's so. a good actor, leave him be. So what do you guys think? Are, are, does this is this cool? Are you guys liking this idea of a Han Solo film? You know, with, with Glover playing Lan, uh, Lando Calrissian. Do
0: you guys think Donald Glover can pull that off? I'm actually less worried about Glover than I am about Alden Ehrenreich. Right? Yeah, Glover. Yeah, I've seen Glover in lots of stuff, and he's actually a really good actor. Um, and I think he's got kind of he's obviously not exactly Billy D. Williams. Thank you, Billy, Billy D. Williams. D. Williams. I couldn't think of it for some reason. Billy, he's obviously not Billy D. Williams, right? But he has kind of the look of a young Billy D. Williams. Yeah. And if he got, right now he's got a beard in this picture, which is interesting. Are they going to give Lando like full facial hair? Maybe. Will at some point during the movie he shave and keep just the mustache and say, "I like the look." You know? Are they going to do cool things like that with these right. characters in their early years? There's lots of potential yep. for a prequel story like this. What worries me is I thought that exact same thing when the Star Wars prequels were being filmed. I'm like, oh, my God, there <laughs> is just an infinite amount of stuff they can mine. And, you know, they focused in weird spots that I didn't necessarily agree with. I still am not a prequel hater, but it's, gonna, it's all got to hinge on Aaron Reich's performance. Yep. If you, don't have a, if you don't think you're watching Han Solo when he's acting, the movie fails. It's just you I cannot get it. into it. Right. So he, I'm just, I'm dying to see him in the role. I'm dying to see a, a bit of performance. When the first trailer, first scene, even the first shot of him in costume and full makeup, hair, whatever, I'm hoping I see it more. So here's why I'm,
3: I'm not worried about Donald Glover. And I'm actually wor- not worried for a different reason Donald Glover's a fanboy. He's been a fanboy his entire life of Star Wars films. And so I see this almost like Ben Affleck doing the Batman. He's going to take this on, and I think he's really going to do. Do justice to Landa Calrissian, and I think he's going to do that because he's such a fanboy of Star Wars. I don't think he wants that part of it to fail. I agree with you. I'm not convinced Alden Ironreich feels the same way about Han Solo. At least not yet. I'm hoping he does, but you know, there's nothing so far that we've seen press-wise that tells me he's like, oh, I can't wait to do this. I've actually heard like very a, little. I've heard nothing right, from him. It's more like a, look. I got a. I got a job. <clears throat> yeah. And that concerns me when you hear that. No. The other
0: characters, I'm kind of like, all right, well, what are they going to play? We, we have no idea who Woody Ware is going to play. He's supposed to be the mentor of to Han, Han Solo, Solo, but we right. don't. And some people have named his character already. They say they think he's going to be a certain person. Yeah. Oh, Gareth Shrieky. Gareth Shriker Shrike, Shrike, Gareth like, Shrike. So yeah, so he is listed on IMDb as playing Gareth Shrike, who is apparently a known character in the universe from either a book, a, a mention, or from a comic i'm not sure which yeah
3: we'll have to um, go look that
0: up but yeah he he is playing a character that apparently some say they know
3: and that's the weird thing like we've got amelia clark we have no idea what she's playing Dandy newton no idea what she's playing phoebe waller bridge no idea now i did
0: have uh, one of them is supposed to be playing an all digital character one of them is a motion capture. correct
3: the one and i'm forgetting her name off the top of my head the one that's supposedly just to the right of alden reich who by the way had not been enlisted Prior to this point, uh, her name—hang on, it's escaping me. Is it Amelia it. Clark? Phoebe, yes. It, no. No, it's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Sorry. Oh, okay. Phoebe Waller-Bridge wasn't even listed until this picture came out, and then all of a sudden, IMDb picked the, uh, picked that up and updated their information. Like, I don't even think they knew she was in the film until that picture came out, and everybody's like, "Oh, look, there's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Wonder what she's doing." And then she revealed that she's playing an all a completely all-digital character. Now, when I think about... When I look at some of these these other ladies, now, for those who watch or have read the comic books for Star Wars, been watching and reading it lately, Thandie Newton, who by the way was in Westworld as the one African-American robot that escapes, uh, she looks a lot like the girl that Solo <laughs> supposedly married yeah, in, in the, the comic books. In that story, yeah. And so to me, I'm almost wondering if she's going to end up playing that character. It Which would was, make sense.
0: It, wasn't it Kent Lando's sister uh, or somewhere? Yeah, was that's a a being a relation
3: to Lando somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. They they explained it off later and, and there was a misunderstanding a lot of people are wondering if Amelia Clark is going to play a young Princess Leia, and I was like, I just don't see that happening. <clears throat> I hope not. There's
0: no point. She doesn't look the role number one, and there's no point. You're right. You don't need to see what Leia's doing at this time because right. they haven't met yet. Actually, I would rather
3: we not see Leia at yeah. all. I'd rather we not see Luke at all. I'd rather we not see any of those characters, quite honestly. Let's make this a complete. Like, that's the whole point behind the standalone, right? Like, it <clears throat> should not focus on anybody else. Correct. Gary, your thoughts on this? I mean,. Are you looking forward to a, a Han Solo film? Do you care? I don't care at all. You don't care at all. <laughs> I, it's, it's true. I don't. Seriously, you don't care. <clears throat> okay.
4: Why? Why? He wasn't a, a major character to me. I mean, he was
0: a major character in Star Wars, but he wasn't the guy for me. It cool. wasn't a story about a smuggler. It was a story about the Jedi's and the family right. and the power struggles right. and all that.
3: Yeah, Han just happened to be a side character <laughs> that was supporting the, for, right. the, the factual storyline. And you see, I've always kind of saw it that way, seen it that, saw it that, seen it that way too. <laughs> Uh, that that Han was just a supporting character, and everybody makes Han out to be this major character. And I, I I guess I really didn't see Han as a major player until Return of the Jedi, when he was General Solo and he was playing a major role. I mean, if you think about it, the rest of the time he really isn't even part of the rebellion or anything that's going on. He just happens to be a smuggler who's there, right? Ultimately, and yeah. I agree with you. He's very. with
0: the rebellion for for what we understand is. Whatever the period of time is between A New Hope and Empire, he's kind of hanging out with them and then decides it's time for me to leave because they ran into that one right. bounty hunter uh, who got too close. Lord Mantell. Yeah, Lord Mantell. So <clears throat> he was with the Rebellion for a brief period of time. We didn't even see it. It was off screen. Right. So <clears throat> through all of A New Hope, he's the guy who's transporting him around. Yep. And he even leaves only to show up heroically at the very end. Right. In all of Empire... He's leaving the rebellion again, but happens to get stuck carrying Princess Leia and has to get her somewhere. He's partner around, frozen in carbonite, <laughs> or yes, and gets trapped all because of Luke again. He's just a pawn in the life of Luke. Right, and then in return, he's frozen for the beginning. He's a prisoner who's they have blind, to free him. who you know ends up accidentally wiping out Boba Fett, and then finally he becomes a general and leads an attack on endor on the base so he doesn't even do anything as a major player in the rebellion until return of the jedi
3: somebody even said <laughs> okay i'm gonna blow your minds this is kind of like the indiana jones moment of big bang theory <laughs> somebody even said could all of star wars have happened without Han solo no the original trilogy and i kind of no. went yeah it actually can think about luke it luke would have been shot before he blew up the death star maybe
1: they wouldn't have any worry Maybe. To to he was
3: using the Force to keep himself from getting shot. But Nothing's I, to say that Vader and Luke misses, wouldn't Luke, have gotten but Luke, Luke blows up the Death Star anyway. That's
0: a moment, though, where Han had actual influence. He knocked Vader away Maybe. and stuff. So to me, that one moment, yes. Luke Maybe. wouldn't have gotten off but his home
1: planet without Han's. Solo. Let's
0: assume for a minute that
3: Luke's <laughs> able to avoid Vader because he's got the Force. Then if you look at the entire rest of the series...
0: Okay, how does Leia escape Hoth? Well, at that point, she'd be on a transport. She didn't leave. She didn't. He had to drag her away saying, let's get you to a transport. She would have died there. Somebody else would have done it, though. The the cave collapsed during one of the the bombs
4: or attack explosions yeah, yeah, from the Empire. And they were cut off between the transports and wherever she was Well, what
3: this person proposed is somebody else would have gone back, grabbed her, Dodonna, somebody else... Done the same, you know what I mean? But
0: there's like, a there's a, a okay. Like, no, here's the, the thing. There's a difference life. between someone else would have done what he did, right. and everything you did had no consequence. Yeah, I get what you're that, saying. That to me is a little different. I get what you're saying. And because mm. you can say that about any movie. You could say, well, I was well gonna say Indiana you know, Jones
3: gets blown apart because when you say, well, all of that would have still happened without Indiana Jones. True, not in the same order, probably not in the same way. Right. and 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 so you could say the same thing about Han Solo. You could say that about any sort of yeah, Harrison but you Ford could, film. You know,
0: you can say it about, like you said, you could you could take other famous about, movies and yeah. say, well, if some other person was there to do this, right?
3: Now the, the only, like I said, i not. I don't necessarily agree with it. I just heard somebody say, yeah. hey, I mean, I see. What if, point. like Indiana I Jones, point, but, they could take Harrison Ford out of Star Wars? You know,
4: the only time I really cared about Han Solo as a character was in the uh, the Timothy Zahn trilogy.
3: Yeah, I'll agree with you. He seemed to to play a, a much more vital right. role to the um, to the the uh, rebellion and and Leia <laughs> and everybody else. I will agree with you. I, I actually started to look at Han differently in the films after the Timothy Zahn books came out and started to respect him more. And I realized that was because of what I was reading, not because right. of what I was seeing on the screen. Right. Star Wars news. Okay, so our second Star Wars story, I think, which is a kind of a nice one, actually. The gentleman who is now playing uh, Chewbacca, Junos Suotamo, I'm going to get this right. I think it's Suotamo. Junos Suotamo, basically made an announcement that from this film (coughs) on, he is going to be Chewbacca. And I don't even think he made the announcement. I'm pretty sure Disney made it from StarWars.com. And basically, Peter Mayhew is going to be retiring after The Last Jedi. Uh, It made me slightly sad, I love Peter. He's done a well, great job. Wait, after job. the
0: Last Jedi or after 9?
3: My understanding is it's after the Last Jedi uh, from what Disney's announcement said. So, um well, I don't know, maybe maybe I'll, I'll try to get reach out to Peter and find out if is it after 8 or is it after 9. So that that's a that's a valid question we have now. But the fact that Peter's retiring, um you know, I I have nothing but love for that man, so I I am all about doing what he's got to do. And I listen, he's getting up there in age. He's 86.
4: I don't know. And I, he's he's got to be getting up for there forever. at this point.
3: He's had knee problems for forever. He's had, I think, double knee replacement surgeries yep. at this point. And he still has to use a wheelchair, doesn't he? Well, yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally. Um, he definitely has to use a cane. Yeah. There's been discussion he, he might have to switch to a walker soon just because it's getting that... Yeah, <clears> it, when you're that tall and your bones are that brittle and you're... I mean it's tough. It's tough what he's been through and, and quite honestly and he's talked about it many times, he's lucky. He feels very blessed to have lived as long as he did, because again, with his size and his heart and everything else, there's all sorts of problems that come with that. And and he's he's done well. I, I thought I would read Suatomo's well, I guess it was a what was it? A a Facebook post, I guess, or a or a Twitter, Twitter post.
1: post.
3: Um and I, I loved his his, his His discussion here. So he says, I am profoundly grateful for this amazing opportunity to become a part of the Star Wars franchise that I loved since my childhood. I would like to thank my family, friends, basketball coaches, and teammates, fellow cast and crew members, the staff at Lucasfilm and Disney, the great fans of the spectacular universe, and especially Peter Mayhew. Chewbacca is one of the most iconic characters in the history of film and Peter's development and portrayal of this beloved Wookiee has spread so much joy across the globe. Peter's guidance and kindness have been invaluable gifts which warmed my spirit and prepared me for this journey. I aspire to make Peter proud and bring Star Wars fans the Chewie they know and love. See you in a galaxy far, far away. And he's got Wookiee fist bump at the bottom.
0: So I thought that was a nice
3: homage to Peter Mayhew. I mean,
0: the guy comes in, gets a major role, and he mentions the last actor four or five times right. in, in a two-paragraph statement. It yeah. basically
3: says, without that guy <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am now, and that's, that's a nice recognition. I'm glad. See, already I respect Suotomo just for recognizing that without Peter, he wouldn't be where he's at. Um, the only thing I was kind of a little saddened by was I was hoping Disney would provide some s- form of I, um, an outlet for Peter to say goodbye. I guess is what I'm looking for. No,
0: st- And I said it again, I think he still might, but I think they're going to wait until just, his last performance Maybe, is Maybe
3: that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe they'll wait till after The Last Jedi. You that's you've got some one. overlap
0: going on At here rate. right now because you've not got the last performance right, of Peter coming true. out while this guy's now appearing in the Han Solo And, I, and I
3: look forward to yep. that because I know Peter <clears> and I know he will, he will definitely do it justice and I, I, I appreciate everything Peter has done for Chewbacca. And I've always sat here and said, of all the characters in the Star Wars universe... There's two, I think, that were the hardest to pull off. Darth Vader, and we've talked about David Prowse, and the fact that he's under that helmet, and he's got to act the part, and he has to talk like he's talking, even though he's not going to be talking. Right. And then Chewbacca, who basically does not speak... Um, you know, and when you look at the behind the scenes footage, and he's going, raw, raw, raw,
0: raw, raw, you know, and poor Peter, well, he like, was actually saying lines, well, he, well, said, he, was. Like, he
3: said English, yeah, and he lines. actually said English <laughs> lines too, you know,
0: like go get through the chopper or whatever, yeah, you know, and gotta here, right, we got to get out of here, and
3: and <laughs> and and right, and, and the fact that he's he's acting, I mean, that takes some serious chops for people who don't know to be able to physically act a part, but without ever really I, having lines in the film. Yeah.
1: I respect Peter. I'm not going to say that he doesn't have a hard part, but I feel like it also R2-D2 and c 3 would be up there, too. Oh,
0: yeah. I like well, well, I any other character. Any time you're a character completely encased where you right. you can't do facial expression yeah. yep. you have to do it all as mime it's a body motion and performance and think
3: about this Star Wars is like <clears throat> 90% that Stormtroopers oh, yeah. Boba Fett Django. I mean like when you think yep. about all the characters that have helmets something yeah. on their face obscuring their body face whatever <laughs> and that's where I say when everybody's like oh Daisy Ridley was this amazing actress and I'm like I'm not saying she's wrong and I'm not taking away from that but I'm like she doesn't have a helmet on she doesn't you know what I mean like she could be a, just an actress you know what I mean like it works so well for her because she gonna be just an actress, but it's. I think sometimes it's the people who have that helmeted character that don't get to take it off too. and have to do that. You know, I feel or like right, special, special mes- effects. I think are. Your, yep, because you same. can't
1: do certain <laughs> movements on your face. Right,
3: certain challenges are there are there too. So, and that's what I think took away. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Took away from the bad guy in the Force Awakens, uh, Kylo Ren, is. Yeah. You know, to me, I think he—I think what you guys are bothered by—is he took his helmet off a lot to be able to act his part, and I think you might have seen him differently if the helmet had stayed on the whole time.
0: Yeah, a bit, maybe a bit, but because it took away yeah, there the. There was too many other things about that movie. Oh, I know, I know, we can get into <laughs> that later.
3: But I think that is one of the things—the fact that the helmet didn't stay on all the time—I yeah. think kind of took away I
1: think from I the. I wore my part helmet more at. Well,
0: certainly a celebration. You wore it more than he wore it. (laughs) And they—that's one of the things people complain about with Marvel (laughs) movies—is they say they say none of those superheroes keep their masks on. People complained about it in the early Spider-Man movies. It's like, how often does something happen where Tobey Maguire has to take his? his front mask off it's like everyone's gonna see who you are everyone knows who you you do it constantly you know Captain America gets his off or something Um, the only one who keeps his on all the time is Tony Stark he'll even raise his up from time to time but but they always cut to inside shots of his face you know it's like superhero movies where they won't keep the mask on people said it about Judge Dredd the first one Yep, that Sylvester Stallone wore the mask for all of like Three minutes in the movie, and the rest of the movie he didn't touch it, and that's why people loved the seek this new reboot, the dread boot with because they left the helmets on. He never uh, what's uh, Carl Urban? Yeah, he never took it off once. He played the character the way he is, and people loved that. Right. So I always have respect for people who do a performance completely encased like that. It was the same with Bane in uh, The Dark Knight yep. Rises was they, when Nolan went to uh, the actor there. Um, yep. Tom I, Hardy. Thank you, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Too many names, I'm forgetting names tonight. <laughs> when Nolan went to Tom Hardy, he said, you're going to have to be able to do this whole performance with your eyes and body because right. you're never taking the mask off. Yep. And he was like, great, let's do it. So to me, people, actors who like that kind of freedom and know have the confidence that I'm still going to be able to give you a performance, I love when I see that. That's my problem, I think, with Thor. And Chris Hemsworth. Because
3: Thor always had the helmet on. Always. Yes, yes. That's a performance that
0: they don't like. Look
3: at Thor in all the movies. Like Mm -mm. 99% of the time, he doesn't even wear the helmet. And that bothers the heck out of me. Uh,
0: I do. I mean, they've got everything else right with him. They do do the costume full on. They gave him the cape. I do admire Marvel for for how much they do go for the characters. But you're right. There's certain things where they're like, yeah, that part's a little whatever. We'll take that off. Yeah.
2: Science Fiction News.
3: Okay, the next thing we wanted to talk about was a short video that I, I thought was hysterical. Daisy Ridley put out. It was on her Twitter feed. I know it was on her Facebook feed. I think Josh Gad actually put it out. Uh, Josh Gad put it out. It, a whole bunch of people shared it. I know it went all over the, the internet. And it's basically Daisy Ridley coming in from a couple days worth of shooting of The Last Jedi. And she comes in. And, of course, it's the typical, like, Daisy, we got to know like what's going on on set.
0: But it's well, not this is, the this usual, is like, like yeah, we got to know what's going there's on. There's been, like, set. three of these. So there far. has The been, first yeah. one was just Josh Gad. Yep. The second one, it was Dame Helen Mirren, wasn't it? Yep. I, I believe Was so, in yeah. there? Or, Judy, Dench. Uh, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Judy Dench, Dench not right. Helen Mirren. It was uh, Judy Dench was in there yep. asking her questions. And now there's this one, which seems to be kind of like the peak of the trilogy. Right,
3: And I thought this one was hysterical because (laughs) Chris Pratt uh, playing, he's in the video. We've got the girl who was in Jurassic World with him in the video. Yep. Uh, Who's the girl speaking Spanish? It's Um, uh, Penelope Cruz. Thank you. Penelope Cruz is in it. I mean, so there's there's all these actors and actresses in it. And I just thought it was funny because Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. You know, like catch me in Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. Yeah, he doesn't. I'm ask also going to be an Avenger. He doesn't, you know, like, ask, he doesn't, a doesn't ask a single question. Right? He just keeps plugging himself. Yeah, every time they come back to him, they pl- he plugs himself. Which I thought was hysterical. Totally, Chris Pratt. You know, and Disney being Disney, who they are. Sure, why not cross platform? Yeah. You know everything. I thought it was hysterical. The Penelope Cruz never spoke a lick of English throughout the whole no. thing, which was great. And what I
0: think they implied. Yeah. I don't know Spanish, but she asks a question, and then the girl next to her asks a question about like the height of Snoke or something yeah. like that. And I think Penelope Cruz starts to tell her, I just asked that question. Yeah, actually she I does. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure she's asking, like, what's the actual height in meters of... of <laughs> I think that's what she's asking, if I'm if I'm understanding her correctly. And then I think the best part is the director from the previous film... J.J. Abrams. So J.J. Abrams is in this one at the very end going, so does Luke have lines in this one? Like, <laughs> And I just thought that was great. Because, like, He's like... This is so like typical, like homage to all the nerddom that goes on in Star Wars, and I actually kind of like them doing this. I mean, you know, I hope you guys enjoy. I, I enjoy it when they do stupid oh, stuff yeah. like this, just because. I mean, is it poking fun at the fans? Yeah. Is it in a really kind of fun, lighthearted way? Absolutely. I don't think they're really intending to mock anybody. Out. Matter of fact, if anything, I think they're trying to say, "Hey, fans, we get it. Yeah. You're all wanting to know what's going on, but we're not going to tell you." Yeah. You know, like, and I like that. That's kind of cool. Gary, do you like these kinds of videos when they post these things online, or are you just kind of like, eh, eh? Yeah. <laughs> this is the
0: first one I watched. So, was so. oh, it really? What do okay. you think of Han Solo? <laughs> yeah. What
3: do you think of these videos? Eh. Yeah. 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 Gary's in a great mood tonight. I, can I tell. can't wait to
0: hear what his review of the episode is. <laughs> <laughs> it's be, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He so.
1: sounds like the mother from Despicable Me. Yeah. Eh.
0: Nah. Eh. Nah.
2: Nah. 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 Okay. Star Wars news.
3: So our last Star Wars story, and this one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Put it out there, this is conjecture. It is rumor at this point. Nothing has been confirmed.
0: It it falls deeply into rumor.
3: This falls deeply into rumor, although it has posted on several, several websites. Comicbook.com, comicbookmovie.com. I'm trying to remember all of them. It, is, it has kind of made its way around the net. It's kind of interesting that Force.net never posted about this. I was like, to them, nah, it never happened. Right. And that, oh, that's the only one that makes me kind of go, maybe not. Okay. So here's the rumor. And this goes back to Benicio Del Toro being cast in The Last Jedi. Which is a fact. Which is fact. Supposedly, IMDB.com, for a very brief amount of time had changed their website to read that Benicio Del del Toro's character's name was Sir Vikram Fett, F-E-T-T. That should sound familiar to a lot of you. We've since checked IMDB, by the way, tonight even we did, and it's not there. It doesn't exist. Of course, they said it was taken down almost immediately, and, you know, like, Eric, you made a valid point that it could have been... Right could have been falsified. Like right now,
0: to to give you an idea how easy this would be, there are several people on there who have blanks where their name is. Right. Next to them is other words, people who have actual names. You can, in Photoshop, do a screen capture of this. You could duplicate the font, put it in an exact size, type whatever you wanted into that area, save it as a JPEG, throw it out onto the net, and say, hey, look what I just saw on IMDb. Oh, my God, I've gone back. They've already taken it down, but I grabbed a screen capture you know, lucky you guys, I got the scoop and send it out there and there you go, you got a story.
3: And here's the thing, that puts you on the net too and now you're the guy that broke the story, you know.
0: I think tonight I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make uh, <laughs> another name. I'm just going to come up with something.
3: We need to I'm put gonna, a Falco name in there. I'm going
0: to say that Benicio Del Toro is playing Snokus uh, in the US.
3: You, I think you should put Hondo Falco in there. Hondo Falco. <laughs>
0: I'll do that. I'll do that. I will, I'll go. Photoshop a Hondo Falco. We broke
3: it here first. Hondo Falco is played by Benicio del Toro. yep, yep.
0: We'll Ned. put that on the net. We'll Ned. share it. Ned's going. Damn you! <laughs> <laughs>
3: so you know, I, I, I
4: no. no when, when you go, when you, when you do it, go, go back into the uh, uh, the Hansel movie. Put Amelia Clark is playing Valentina well, Tenor or it is. Okay, yeah, <laughs> for Ned, for Ned. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
3: So, so I, you know, I want. Let's speculate for a minute. This is Sir Vikram Fett. Yeah. And what let's, they're let's, go, let's is, go into the deep part of the room. They're saying Vikram Fett is. <laughs> So,
0: first of supposedly, all, I like the sir. there's sir. This is he, interesting. There's royalty or something right. there. The
3: Vikram is supposedly Boba Fett's son. That's that's the rumor here. Now, it's interesting that this website that we're looking at, comicbookmovie.com, points something interesting out. Boba Fett's about the same age as Han Solo by episode five. So he would be a much older child that, than Ben Solo at this point because of timing. But they also point out that Boba could have had kids quicker, and maybe the kid is a little bit younger. Who knows? It. We also don't know that because of the cloning situation... Saying, did Boba make another clone of it, himself? We, right. Or, if, or, better yet, because of him cloning himself for... Or being cloned to be Boba, that it didn't affect his genetics somehow, and maybe that alters the way his kid would age. Who, no, knows? who knows? Or... Maybe they're going to make Benicio Del Toro look younger. I don't know how they're going to do that, but um, maybe. What do, you get, what do you like this idea of a Boba Fett son? I mean, what makes me skeptical is the name, and that that's what I look at. Although Sir is cool, I have never seen a Mandalorian ever called
0: Sir whatever. Maybe he's renounced those ways and gone into politics. <laughs> I mean... That
3: would be interesting.
1: They do that, and I will walk the out Mandalorian
0: politician. <laughs> Maybe he's
4: not going to be donning a Mandalorian armor, armor. at all. And he's just a politician from
3: Mandalore. I get what you're saying. Okay. So one that never donned the armor, just played politics his yeah. entire life. and, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see. I, 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 actually, I, I, I could see Del Toro pulling that off.
4: I, I, I could see a lot of people are uh, reading into where he's going to be the Mandalore.
3: Right. Like the typical traditional man. Yeah. right. I get what you're saying. He's not. Well what's to say he's not gonna be a political senate senatorial mando, you know?
4: L- yeah, Duchess of Team.
3: Right. Sir. Yeah, that that kind true. of idea, serve Vikram, yes. Right. What about the word Vikram? I've been I've been looking at that.
1: It sounds like a Mandalorian
3: it, it, name. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. Well, not, like it reminds vicrum. me of
0: reminds me of Fulcrum. Yeah, I right, was thinking that's of that too, like Fulcrum, Vikram. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's got it's got the same yeah. ring to it. Just change a couple words you get victim fit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I never. I wonder of that. if that is an an, ac- an acronym. I wonder if we can rearrange those letters to be to like, be, something, to be else. something else. I'm gonna like- have to
3: start playing around with that and see if there's. Yeah, I tried it backwards. I'm like, it's Murkiv. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's an odd name. So you know, check out our, our link. I'd love to know what you guys have to say about that because that's that's kind of a weird one. It's yeah. it's it, it was just kind of out there, and I didn't want to not talk about it because yeah, it is rumor. But I mean, come on, we talk about rumors too here.
0: Well, uh, here's a good question. Um the last time we saw a Mandalorian in armor in the main trilogy, yep, was Boba Fett falling into the sarlacc pit. Yep, we Correct. didn't have any in Episode Seven that we're aware nope. of. That we're aware of, although we saw the the, Mandal- the of flag.
3: Ryan. We saw the flag. Well, we we saw the Mando flag. Yep.
0: So the, the th- people flag. are people are waiting.
3: There was a Fett flag and the Mando skull right. flag. Yeah. They are both there.
0: So people are really waiting to see. We've seen it a lot in the cartoons. Everyone's used to seeing Mandos all over the place because right. they've been in the cartoons. But there's not been a Mando on film in a major motion picture since 1984. That's true. So it could be a very wow, big that's deal. True. that's a oh It could a be a time. very big deal to see a Mando back in a major Star Wars film. Very big deal. would
1: get a lot of people and you, happy.
0: And you cannot tell me that if, he, if a, a
3: Mando showed up in armor, the audience would be going,
1: yes!
3: You know, like, come yeah. on. Actually, it would be even really more awesome, if Benicio Del Toro is in there, if he's leading an army of them, I would be like, yes, I, I yeah. You'd yeah. have to be dragging me out of the theater. And I know Gary's going, eh. Uh, nah, I would be excited. You'd you have would. To be dragging me out you of the would. theater. You would. I don't think
4: anybody else would.
3: Oh, really? Oh, I think all the Mandos no, would go nuts. All, all the
0: Mandos, yes. I think everybody who I, likes I, Boba I Fett don't. would go nuts.
3: I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Oh, I do. I, I, I just don't. think Boba Fett's got that popularity. Well, okay. Well, I,
0: it. I was wrong I was saying we haven't seen a Mando since 1984. Time well, timeline wise. We lives, saw them in the prequels. Right. And yeah. we haven't because seen one in the timeline. Jango Fett right. technically showed up. Django in Fett and two. even Boba Fett as a kid showed right. up. Right. But we haven't seen, timeline-wise, yeah, one true. since Return of the Jedi in 1984. Valid point, valid point. Sorry. So, yes, they are more recent than that on film, but Correct. not timeline-wise is what I meant. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yes.
3: Okay, so we'd love for you to head on over to our website and tell us what you think of all these stories. So we're talking about the picture from the Han Solo film. We're talking about the homage that Juna Suatomo played to Peter Mayhew. We're talking about Daisy Ridley's video that's been on Facebook and everywhere and what do you think about Benicio Del Toro playing Sir Vikram Fett head on over to GalaxyCast.com let us know what you think about all of that and we're going to be back in just a moment with the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels
2: we'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional
1: tunnel don't miss the review of HBO's True Blood during the Fang Banger podcast from Two Guys Talking. Great entertainment with real bite. Check it all out at Fangbangerpodcast.com.
5: Travel. It's what everyone wants more of in their life. But wow, where do
0: you start? So many options, so many destinations, and finding the time in one's own schedule. You might think that all is lost, but there's hope on the horizon.
5: Tune in to the Travel Planners podcast with us, Sue and Kevin McCarthy, to learn about how best to travel, what cities to visit, and catch a glimpse of the variety of ways to make the most of your travel dollars.
0: From shopping for bargains in London's Portobello Antique Market.
5: Watching monkeys groom each other as you sit on the balcony of your hotel in Malaysia.
0: Sipping rum cocktails while enjoying the sunset over bloody Bay in Jamaica,
5: staying up all night to observe St. Petersburg, Russia's White Nights Festival,
0: hiking the Great Wall of China,
5: enjoying the grandeur of the Grand Canyon, or enjoying an unbelievably first-class journey on the cruise on rails, the Grand Lux Express.
0: It's all available now on the Travel Planner podcast with Kevin and Sue McCarthy on the Two Guys Talking podcast network, www.twoguystalking.com.
5: That's the number two Guys, talking.com. Did you get my underwear and stuff packed in the last bag?
1: I thought you did.
5: No, I didn't. Okay, uh, be sure to check us out. The Travel Planners Podcast on twoguys.talking.com.
2: There was a day when the villain was easy to spot. These days, different. Today, technology allows scammers to reach victims across the globe through mail, email, phone calls, and even social media. Know what to look for so you can help protect yourself no matter where you are. We remind you to never send money to people you haven't met in person and to always verify before you send. You work hard for your money. Don't let a few minutes with a scammer separate you from what's taken days, weeks, or even a lifetime to work for. Western Union, move money for better. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return
3: to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels titled Legacy of Mandalore. The Council Speaks. So let's face it, this was, I mean, an action-packed. Episode from top to bottom, from beginning
0: to end. Was there a moment of this episode where there wasn't action going on? Uh, yeah, all the talking that happened in yeah. the throne room and out yeah. on the balcony. All right, fine. <laughs> smart, Alec. But talking meanwhile, the they shit. had their guns pulled during most of that. The so long walking scene through the snow, getting to the building.
3: All right, shut up. All right, fine. I felt like there was a lot of action in this whole <laughs> there episode. Was. There was. It just felt like it was going nonstop throughout the whole thing, and I, I was, it was exciting. I thought it was kind of a cool I felt episode, met. and. In that regard, so it definitely was was interesting. So we finally decide to go to where
0: the Wren Clan is, yep, so and they happen to, to live in a James Bond house, right? Like on a, was a frozen like lake a Skyrim oh, glass? No. in yeah. Skyrim. In Skyrim,
1: was Tony Stark's house?
3: Well, okay, the other house that it reminded me of was the one Batman had that house, oh, the oh, yeah, in latest film that yeah. was on the lake that was a glass house. It's a beautiful house, but I agree with you; it, it had that like that typical glass yeah. look to it. Uh, I just expected. I
0: expected uh, Sabine's mom in there to be stroking a cat, going, "Welcome (laughs) to my fortress, (laughs) our
3: solitude."
4: (laughs) I, I still
0: wanted someone to throw some stones. Yeah. Yes. Well, they did break one window. Yeah. Two. Two. Two windows. windows Two yes. windows, yes. yes. One coming in, one going out. Yep.
3: <laughs> does that balance out the house, you know? Yeah, it does. It ups the resale value yep. is what it really does. <laughs> All right, so we get into the episode, <laughs> and immediately as they're starting to land now do we know what planet this is? They really don't say, do they? Kronos. Kronos? That's what, they, that's what that's she said. That's what they said. She said Kronos. That's what Sabine said. Oh my gosh. So that's a ripoff from Star Trek Episode 6. Yes, they went to the, the moon of. Uh, r- yeah, were, th- were there any Klingons working? Yeah, that's <laughs> it, <yeah>. Well, <laughs> Kronos,
0: the name goes back farther than that. It goes back yeah, to science fiction in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I think even,
3: uh, I'm trying to remember who's the famous writer. Um, hang on. Isaac Asimov, I think, wrote was the first one to write about Kronos somewhere. I'm not sure. Maybe. And amongst the, all the science fiction writing that was going on. So they go to Kronos, and as soon as they start landing, they start getting attacked by Mandalorians. I mean, almost the minute they start...
1: They didn't even land.
3: Wait, they didn't <coughs> even land. Like, they're, they're going into the landing effect. And I, I thought it was interesting that the Mandos used backpack rockets, right, to attack the ship. Like, right off the bat. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a cool... They
0: apparently were not recalled <laughs> for being a choking hazard.
3: <laughs> right. Yes, correct. But uh, uh, What if they had the J or the L
0: hook? I don't know.
3: Well, maybe they had the J hook, so that's why it didn't, you know, because then the, the pack, you know, was secured. So now my, my listeners are like, what are they talking about? So the prototype Boba Fett had a firing rocket on the jet pack on the back, for those that didn't know. It's a toy. And there, was, there was an L hook and a J hook. The J hook looked like a J, so it would actually lock it in place, and then the L would just go sideways. By the way, it got banned because it was considered deemed a child hazard. Which, also, you
1: know, it's a toy. To no, shoot
3: your eye out, kid. Way to go Kenner for doing that one, yeah.
4: Well, it was Battlestar Galactica's toys that did it.
3: It was that that did it. Okay yeah. That's right Because they had them Come out before that That, yep. that caused all the problems
4: the, the kid would stick
3: it In his mouth And shoot it down his throat. Yeah Duh
0: <laughs> I used to love My battle cycle I had both ships The I Cylon ship. ship And the other one I used to Every love
3: Every time it. we talk about that All I can think of Is the <coughs> SNL episode You know It's a
0: bag of glass where, uh, How is that the problem I don't
3: get it You know It's just a bag of glass Kids love playing with Bag yeah. of glass <laughs>
1: the thing is, is that with Well how about uh,
3: this little phone every <laughs> What do you kid mean the cord? phone Look the cord could kill you <laughs> I, No seriously
1: though like Every kid toy has a problem
3: <laughs> Yes you can find a problem with every toy
0: Well you could go back to Monty Python with Crunchy Frog <laughs> Yeah <laughs> This is true
3: <laughs> So anyway So we, we start landing on the planet We get our main engine shot out And of course they have to do an emergency landing Now this is where I thought they were cool artistically speaking They could have just had the ship crash And all that kind of cool stuff but we had some cool shots there. Yeah. The, the shot from behind as as it was making its way through the clouds. And then you had that cool shot from the ground looking up through the trees as the ship went by and all yep. the stuff came down. So, again, do we think this is the A-Team or the Z-Team? I think this was more of an A-Team episode. I definitely think this is an A-Team episode. There I fell
1: A-Team artists, B-Team storyline.
3: Okay. Uh, you know... Maybe maybe we need an A-Team theme. <laughs> da, 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 da. So I thought, you know, definitely an A-Team, t- A-team episode. It felt like that because of the, some of the artistry and some of the stuff they were showing throughout throughout the episode. So they crash land the ship, and immediately they get – well, they're worried about getting caught by the Mandos because they know that's what's going to happen. And I thought it was interesting that right off the bat, they get out of the ship, and they basically tell <laughs> Fenral Hide. Hide. So did they already know that he was not going to get accepted by the House of Ren? I guess oh, yeah. that's the part I was kind of yeah. slightly confused about. Why they asked, like, they knew that Fen'Ral was not going to get accepted. Well, that, not necessarily
4: with the, the uh, clan Ren, but with the other uh, Mandos, the other Mandos? That, are, that are part of the Empire and all
3: that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, because of what happened with the Legacy Mandos? is that Or the Protector Mandos, yeah. sorry. Okay. Okay. He's well, the last. Is he the last protector yes. left? Yes, and, and he's also wanted by the
4: Empire too. So the Empire's going to be. Looking was he for wanted? Him. I yeah. guess
3: that's right. He was put on the most wanted list, right? Because of what happened with. Uh, uh, Con- Conqu- Conquer Dawn. Conquer yeah, Dawn. Yeah, and what what happened there? So long story short, they show up right away. All the Mandos, and one of them's wearing the white Mando of the Imperial Mandos. Right. I don't know what we call those guys. They're just Imperial Mandos. Yeah. I guess that's Imperial Super Commandos. That's right. That's what they were. And we come to find out, after a short battle, and it really wasn't a battle, it was more of a defensive stance by yeah, the, the Jedi. The, yeah,
0: because Ezra lights her light, his lightsaber, so Janet, they go, Jedi! And they start yeah, firing. They start and then, firing.
3: And it was kind of like a defensive <clears throat> battle more than anything. I thought Sabine's little shield was kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen her use that have seen her lot. use it in, yeah, in a while, no. so that, to see her use it was kind of cool. And that's when we find out the guy who yeah. is in the Imperial Super Commando costume, is, or outfit, is actually Sabine's. A cosplayer. Is no. <laughs> is Sabine's brother, right? Trist- I mean, I yeah. Tristan. Tristan. That's, Tristan. A, that's
4: a really good Mando name.
3: Yeah, I, know, I I kind of thought that was kind of a weak Mando name too. You know, like Sushador or something would have been cool. Like Sabine, like, and then you have Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is my kid Sabine and Tristan. <laughs> Just I don't know. It, you're right. It
0: Tristan was the name of Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. Yeah. Uh, well, he yeah. was epic in that movie. Yeah, but I'm not sure that makes an epic. He Mando was name. gorgeous in every sunset, and it was beautiful oh, to shut watch. Up so about, I don't know
4: about gorgeous. <laughs> I was waiting for the soul to show up.
3: <laughs> okay, so Tristan takes his the helmet yeah, off. They say, yeah, because they uh, some Ezra says entries. her
0: name, Sabine. He goes, Sabine. Great. Everyone, stop firing. It's yeah. Sabine. We told you it was Sabine. She announced who she was, but anyway. So they march them all back to the glass house,
3: and that's when yeah we
0: get to the house, which is that. James Bond. Yep. Awesome. Everyone wishes they had a house like this on the lake. (laughs) And when they get to the house, that's
3: when Sabine's mother comes out. Now, I agree with you, Gary. I was fully expecting, like, like, I was pretty sure that we were going to see Duchess Satine's daughter, right? What's her name? Sister Bo-Katan. Sister Bo-Katan walk out. And, of course, Mom walks out, and it's not Bo-Katan. I was slightly disappointed. I I was hoping we'd see
4: And, again, it's, it's a character that's from the Clone Wars that we have no closure on.
3: Right. That could have been closed through this episode. Yes. That could have been a great closure episode, and we didn't get it. I agree with you. It' a little just slightly disappointing in that. But her mother definitely does not have any love for Sabine, at least not at this point. And basically asks her, What the heck are you doing here? You know, like, Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Not
4: only did you come back, but you brought Jedi.
3: Yeah, You brought the Jedi with you and the Rebels, so now you're a Rebel with the Rebels. I mean, What are you doing? And then I thought it was interesting that Sabine's answer was to pull out the Darksaber. Like, look what I found, Mom. Ta-ding. Like, ta Like, that's going to solve things. And I was <laughs> kind of, yeah, like, like, Mom said that, and I was kind of like, yeah, what do you think that's going to solve? Like, it really wasn't going to solve anything showing off the Darksaber. I probably would not have shown it right away, actually. I would have right. said, hey, we need to talk in private. So I can show you something because trust me, what you what I want to show you is very important. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that that was a smart play to have the dark come out at that moment, but okay. So she shows the dark and Mom agrees to talk to her, but only if the Jedi give up their weapons. So that's interesting. That the only way the Jedi were going to be able to be allowed in was if they gave up their weapons. So the Jedi, with some reluctancy, give up their lightsabers. Sabine kind of has to talk him into it. And they go inside and they start to talk. And this is where we get some history behind what's going on. And Sabine's mother gets the impression that the protectors were not protecting Mandalore, but thinking only for themselves, and that the Imperials wiped them out because they were actually against the Mandalorian way. So do you think that they got spoon fed some propaganda yep. by the Imperials? I oh, mean, of that's course. the impression I got that. She believed the propaganda. They got fed it, she believed it, she bought into it, and so therefore the Mandalorians, at least Clan Wren, got put in a position where they felt like, all right, well, then we can't trust the Protectors anymore. Which I find interesting because that means the Empire is politically savvy enough to have taken the Mandalorians on purpose, split them down the center, and had clans try to choose sides, which... I mean, if I were in the Empire and I wanted to control a group of people like that that are split up into clans, that's the most brilliant way to do it. You know, conquer and divide. Like, make sure you got got them all fighting against each other and they don't have enough power to come after you. So, it's kind of brilliant politically to play that role as, as the Empire. So, that's when the discussions had about the Protectors and all that, and I thought it was interesting rate that right then and there, she's like, Fen Rao is a traitor, and if they find her... They're going to kill him, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, he's right out in the ship out there. Uh, you know, make sure you don't find him, because he's right there. So we we get into this discussion, then, about the Darksaber. She, he and, she and her mother go out onto the balcony and have this interesting discussion, and her mom really kind of puts her down and says, you know, listen, just because you got that Darksaber doesn't mean suddenly every Mandalorian's going to start bowing to you and being like, oh, here comes our new leader. Because you didn't
1: win it in a fight.
3: And she did point that out. That, I mean... She's right. She didn't just win it in a fight, so there's no honor in the way that she got the dark saber. It was found because they killed Darth Maul and they found it. I mean, that's you they didn't kill him. They yeah. they found it in his lair. Sorry, I was gonna, yeah. I was
0: gonna
4: say what, what episode do you watch?
3: Sorry, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I'm trying to think here about that death scene of Darth Maul was really dramatic. Yeah, yeah.
3: Wow, got Captain having, got Captain Haven tossed on a little. You guys are room. killing me. So long story short. She questions whether she should even have the Darksaber at this point. And her mother... Does she voluntarily take it or does does Sabine give it to her? Sabine gives it to her. Sabine gives her the Darksaber. I'm not sure I would have done that. Well,
1: it was her way of showing that she trusted her mother.
3: Yeah, well, I guess that wasn't smart, huh? Mm, Nope. (laughs) Because? Because later we find out that mom is working for gar saxon calls him in calls him up says hey dude check out
0: uh you know i think that's what the conversation was like hey dude, dude. check, it, <laughs> check out. it out i got these two jedi chilling out yeah. in my lounge yeah my daughter's here if you come and take the jedi just don't touch my daughter we're, we're cool right yeah. we're good yeah it's kind of the
3: conversation <laughs> they had yeah that's the mando version of yeah. what we saw yeah
0: i thought it was what does gar saxon say Cash me outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how about that? How about that? <laughs> how about that? Uh, so so
1: when did you all become inner city more than I am? And I don't, <laughs> don't even live anywhere.
3: Oh, honey, I teach you you know, the inner you city. Work? You don't <laughs> live anywhere. Am You're saying? right. What are I
1: saying? Yeah,
3: she doesn't have a room in his house anymore, apparently. Uh, so Fenrell, I thought it was interesting that he overheard that entire yeah. conversation. And I thought that was telling that, that he's smart enough to realize I better pay attention to mom and what's mom really doing and what's mom really after. And think about it. If he didn't pay attention to that and have insight into that conversation, they may have never known what was going on. And he may not have been able to be there in time to assist them because he saved them in the long run. So of course, because she calls Gar Saxon, Gar Saxon comes. And of course, in the meantime, Fen Rao I, okay, so this is the weirdest part of the whole episode. He goes into the actual base. He finds the two Jedi lightsabers so they can give them back to the Jedi. He gets met by a Mando, <laughs> who he punches in the helmet and flips over his back. And somehow that knocks the Mando out. And I'm like, wait a minute, he just hit a guy in the helmet. I mean, first off, ow. <laughs> like, like
1: I said, A-team artist, B-team storyline. Well,
3: c- come on, you ever get hit in the helmet? I'm not talking about the helmet. I'm talking about his hand. Yeah, did you ever get hit in the helmet, though? No. Maybe it hurt. Okay, but what about his, not, hand? Not, no, what <laughs> right? his hand? That's what You ever get flipped over in, on your back in your costume? Well, that part, yeah, I would imagine <laughs> would hurt. That part, I, you know. That's what I'm right saying the punching in was, the helmet thing just felt weird. It you was know?
0: a moment to try and make him look like a tough guy oh, and yes. throw a little bit of action in. But the problem was it was unnecessary. He could have just snuck into the room grab the two lightsabers, it would have been a perfect moment. You know something was coming, cut away. You didn't need right. that extra bit.
3: Right. I don't know if you needed to have that little interaction with the guy, number one. And number two, by the way, that jingling, is my dog. So There's I'm a so belly dancer <laughs> in the room. So, so uh, you know, I, I thought it was kind of weird that we had this interaction with the guy, and he and they feel the need to have him punch him and flip him. And I'm like, you know, you could have just had him stun him. Yeah. Boo, you know, like that look. I don't know how to make that sound. The the stun they used from Leia on A New Hope that would that would have worked for me and I'd have been good with it. But
0: okay, fine. We we had the that stun little bit we've of never seen ever again.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it would have been good to have it here, don't you? Know? Yeah, like, it would have. Okay. so so meanwhile, Garth Saxon shows up and he reveals basically that Mom has been working for the Imperials all this time. That that it's all part of the Imperial. The imperial plotline that the, the empire wants to split the Mandalorians up, and then I think the dumbest moment happens. Mom freely gives up the dark saber to Gar Saxon, which I was kind of like, wow! Doesn't that automatically assume Gar Saxon is the next Mandalore? I mean, am I? No. Are we assuming that? I mean, like, or at least Mom's assuming that. So I don't I don't know what you guys thought about that. So she gives up the the dark saber to him, and he basically says, "That's it. Clan Wren's now going to get wiped out." Yeah, because she realizes you've, she... you've been housing rebels all this time. Yeah. So he kind of turns on them too. Which I uh, come on, it's Gar Saxon. How could you not see that yeah. coming? Yeah. And the Imperial super commandos pull out their weapons, and Clan Ren pulls out her. their weapons, and we have a stalemate. And of course, the stalemate's broken by Mighty Mouse. <laughs> By Rao, thank you, or Mighty Mouse in this case. He breaks through and he starts shooting away. And, of course, everybody starts shooting everybody. And the Jedi's using lightsabers and there's all sorts of stuff going on. And meanwhile, the fight's going on. And as it's going on, Gar Saxon's trying to get over to Sabine's mother. And what I thought was odd about this scene, like, Sabine knows that Gar is going after her mother. But she tries to shoot Gar and she gets the gun knocked out of her hand. But she never yells, like, Mom, look behind you, or, watch out. <laughs> you know, Nedry, quick, hit the lights. <laughs> yeah. I something. Nothing. She says nothing. And I'm like, what? You have a mouth. Use it. Like, communicate with your mother. You know, like, do something.
1: Dramatic. Right. It needed to be dramatic. But, but it
3: wasn't. But you wouldn't have Edry going, hey, Sabine, catch. Right. And so Sabine ends up grabbing a lightsaber and defending her mother. Which then... Ends up
0: outside. So there's our yeah, other exit of the glass. He, he basically does a flying tackle on her yep. and they go out through the window, which was a moment you liked artistically because the music came to like a complete yeah, stop. Yeah, it's like the
3: really cool moment and all the music's <laughs> going on because there's all this battle going on. They break through the glass and immediate stop to the music. Yeah. And then you pointed out right after that as they stand up start and start to see the two sword fights going on, now we hear the Star Wars theme. Yep. I mean, da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean it was like as obvious as day and I was like, wow. Okay, so you're making this a really epic moment. I mean, like, I mean, as far as from an artistic standpoint, you're saying on a musical standpoint, this is a major point right here. Yeah. This is important. Yeah. And I thought that was cool because, again, they always like to telegraph through the music. This is where I love John Williams because now you're giving an homage to John Williams here. You're telegraphing a major moment through the music. Awesome. So, again, for me, A-Team in that regard. So they have their little lightsaber, darksaber battle going on.
0: He I mean, flies around and shoots flies around and
3: shooting at her. And the only thing I was a little disappointed at here is she never really pulled out any of the tricks she had used on the planet training. So where was her whip? Where was she the did, little force push well, She she did she the, used that earlier. She took out his pack.
0: Slower. Right. She used the flamethrower right. right. to knock him away. She used something what, what I was a shot from her wristlet gauntlet to take out his backpack. She used yeah. her
3: shield. The I think the whip got
4: destroyed during the training session. It did Oh yeah, it did. It did. Oh, yeah, one it one did that's right.
3: It would have been cool, though, if it had been yeah. fixed and she was using right. it, but okay. So, you know, they're going back and forth, and finally they get to a point where
0: they're kind of at a stalemate. and, and It's the exact opposite of the Mustafar fight. Instead of lava, they're fighting on ice. Kind of, yep. And then, really, well, quite honestly... Well,
4: you see the ice getting broke, cracking and all that.
3: The, 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 I thought something was going to fall through the ice, quite honestly, the, that's what I thought was going to happen. With the
4: different blows and stuff that right. Gar Saxon's given to her. Right.
3: And, uh, I saw it as the ice giving way because that's how powerful the fight is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're actually crushing down on the ice that bad yeah. because they're defending themselves.
0: And it was a well-choreographed fight. It was actually. It was
3: a pretty well, yeah. And it was a good yeah. sword and, fight. And not only that, but the camera angles, like, wide out. Like shots zooming in. The fact that all the Mandos stopped and watched. You know, I thought that was kind of a cool effect well, it's, because... It's, it's a death match. It's a death match, right? And and, and even then, they're, they're telling the mother, you know, like, you don't want to get... Involved. No, the mother says. And the mother's like, No, I don't want to get involved because that's tradition. That's we no, can't see, we can't uh, get involved. Ezra, Ezra was gonna to go to her aid and she that's grabbed hold right. of him. Right, she grabbed hold of him. And and I, I know what they're saying, but at the same time, like they're like, Well, you don't want to get involved, you don't what about your daughter? And I'm they're like, What about tradition? I'm like, Yeah, that's the whole point. Tradition here, like this is Mandalorian tradition. So they fight to the death, but it's not really the death because Sabine ends up pulling a Luke Skywalker. Great homage moment, by the mm-hmm. way, cutting off his hand and grabbing the dark saber, in the dark saber in the midair, and then holding him across Gar Saxon's throat like Anakin did with yeah, Count Dooku. Dooku. Yeah. Yep. but she didn't do the Anakin thing, and I thought that was so cool. I mean, like they could have made her dark and go and cut off his hand.
4: He did have Emperor Palpatine there to tell her to cut. do it. This is true.
3: Like do it. Like you're right. There was nobody there <laughs> to tell her to do also, it. Also,
1: it's a kids' show.
3: I'll give like, you like, that. Like, like Eric said. But, but
1: yeah. on, like, on, like, Clone Wars, they actually showed killing
3: in they Clone did. Wars. Yeah. And they show this, this guy's hand getting cut off. I mean, like, you not never showed, showed it, it. But, but I mean, come happened. on, it was pretty obvious what happened. But, so she goes to walk away, because she said, that's not me. That's not her way. And he's pulling out his gun, and all of a sudden you hear a blaster shot go off. Now... I immediately went. Oh, the brother shot him. Like, oh, I thought for
0: a half second, I thought maybe she was shot. Really, half you second, thought
3: maybe it's. A they did. They
0: did make me question it. I didn't oh, yeah, think for a second, she would. Because her a eyes dilated, the way her face and, went and stuff. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so it's going to be that trick. He's been shot, and I thought the same thing because the brother was walking towards her at the right. time. I assumed it was the brother that shot.
3: And the fact that it's her mother, I thought that was very cool. Yeah, and to me, it gave her some honor. The fact that she shot him. If it had been the brother, it was kind of the easy way out. But with the mother doing it, it kind of like, okay, now we know that she has finally realized that Gar Saxon is not good for the Mandos. Right. So long story short, she shoots him and they suddenly realize, okay, well, this is it. We are now outcasts, at least within the Imperial Super Commandos with the the Imperial side of the the Mandalorians. And they also realize now that they've got to get the Mandalorians off of Mandalore. Mando's going
0: to descend into chaos. Right,
3: because... With Gar Saxon being dead, it's just going to become an absolute political mess. Uh, they thank Fen Rao, which I thought was important because now they're recognizing that maybe well, they were fed political well, pride.
4: Well, Fen Rao came out and said what uh, Gar Saxon did to the Protectors and everything.
3: Yeah, this is he true. Did. And and that's important too because I think they needed to hear that. And I think they, they finally accepted the truth, which is yep. the Protectors weren't against Mandalore. Matter of fact, they were the only ones for Mandalore. And so the decision's made that they have got to take the Darksaber to Mandalore and try to find not only Sabine's father, which we didn't mention, one of the reasons the family felt that they had to believe what they were believing was because her father is on Mandalore, and the Imperial Super Commandos warned them that if they did anything against the Mandalorians, they would kill her father, because they knew where the father was and they didn't, and the Wren the family did not know him. So the the father was almost being held captive without being held captive. I kind of like with the way Mother said it. She was being held captive and everything but name. Which was was kind of an interesting way to describe what was going on. We haven't met the father yet. No, we haven't. We have no idea who the father is of Clan Ren. Kind of an interesting thought, huh?
0: There's some possibilities still out there.
3: there. Right, so he's still out there. So, long story short, this is when they decide they got to go to Mandalore. And the hope is that they bring the Darksaber... One of the Mandalorians will become the next Mandalore. will lead Mandalore well, to well, so, its, so, so, its fame.
0: Sabine is going to pick the next Mandalore. She she has Correct. the Darksaber, but she says, I'm not the leader. I'm not it. Right. But I, hopefully I can find the person who is. Right. And
3: that's where I was kind of like, okay, now I started getting a little, like, a little upset with the episode only because Sabine makes the decision to stay. To stay. She's not going to join the Rebels. She's not going to go back to the re- Rebellion. And, the and man- she's going to and- stay with the Mandalorians and try and- to fix their problems. And the Mandos aren't joining the Rebellion. And the Mandos aren't joining the Rebellion, correct. Which is what I called last Which you, you did. You called that. And um, it does sound like they're going to go the way of just being completely neutral in the war, which is which would go back to the way it was under the Legacy canon. The Mandos really did not play a role in the war. They stayed as neutral as possible, and I do remember there were some books where they discussed that the Mandalorians were too um, disjointed to actually do anything about the war with the Imperials. And so this would actually play into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She got it got makes sense. Going into chaos. All the clans are in chaos. And now now they're going to have to try to search for their next Mandalore, which I find interesting because as I proposed to you guys, maybe the next Mandalore is Boba Fett. Maybe that's the guy who finally brings them all back together. Which would make him even more epic, as far as I'm concerned, because that would be the Mandalore that unites them all. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, would make Tom, Noval Talon no longer in Mandalore the Uniter. That would actually be Boba Fett, just to point that out. Of course, a lot of people are like, it would be really cool if Tom was the one that did. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, at the same time, I just, I don't see that happening.
0: And what eventually happens to the Darksaber? Because we don't see it later on when we see Boba Fett in Empire well, in Return.
3: Well, I do know uh, Okay, so going back to Legacy canon Boba Fett does get ousted by another Mandalorian to be the Mandalore and, and any time you get ousted the, the Darksaber goes to the new Mandalore. Yeah. So that's why you don't see it by um, Empire Strikes Back because well, at that point he's had, he'd been ousted as the leader.
4: Well, I don't think Boba Fett was uh, Mandalore until after everything else. That, that's how I saw it
3: oh yeah that's right that would have happened after Return of the Jedi you're right that's why he didn't have it that's true so that, that happens later on
4: which would make a lot of sense a lot of sense if the Mandalorians are still um, disjointed, disjointed at that and, point yeah, yeah
3: that, that, and why they would be yeah. bounty hunters at that point too right. because at that point they really didn't have any loyalty to anybody and, within Mandalore at least so I mean an interesting episode but the thing that, that I find sad is they're, they basically have written Sabine out of the show she's gone
4: which goes back to what we talked about last week too. Is the is this is it coming last to an end? Come, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're you know, deciding I
0: mean, to close off storylines, right? So right off the bat, you have
3: now written Sabine out of the storyline. I was thinking that too as we were ending. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they just wrote Sabine out. What if that's is that what they're going to do? Is Hera going to go back to her home planet? Is is yeah, Zeb going to go back to his planet and help his people? Is you, 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 I could see
4: Zeb getting uh, killed off. Yeah. Or getting captured or ens- enslaved or something or whatever, you know. I'm not, wondering not, if, You know, not necessarily
3: uh, going home. So here's another one I was thinking about, too, as I was watching the ending. What if the whole reason for bringing Thrawn in is, is to have him kill them all off one by one?
0: Yeah, that's a dark kid's show. It is, but I mean, like, w-
3: come on, going into the... The beginning of A New Hope, I mean, come on. It, so we go
0: Rogue One on all the <laughs> that's characters. That's what I'm
3: saying. We go Rogue One on all the characters, and it would fit in and tie in with all the other problems they've had, you know, and, and it would kind of wrap the show up. I mean, we talked well, about if you're going to tie it up, tie it up. Well, well yeah, that would tie it could, up. But we know? still
0: got other stuff coming up. We got the whole Obi-Wan thing, which we've seen none of yet. Well, you, this you, is
4: true. You, you got to remember um, the ghost in uh, Hera was in Rogue One, so.
0: yeah.
3: So She's, she's, she's got to at least survive. I, I get right. what you're saying. But I'm saying some of the others could... Or they could die after Rogue One. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Rogue One could happen, but yeah. it would have to happen
0: pretty quick within the timeline. We're still, like, we're still a on. little bit away from Rogue One, I, I w- thought. I would think
3: so, yeah, because Guerrera was just a couple episodes yeah. ago, and, and he, he was, was not, not, full, not age. full age of what Guerrera was. Or full crazy. So it's just, I don't know, it, it, it was kind of awkward, because here's my thought process on this. You now made me like Sabine... Oh, hey, I am. <laughs> you now like Sabine, so she's she's a cool character. You like her, and then you tear that away from me. Like, you get me to connect with a character, and then you take the character away. And that's the other thing where I was like, ah, oh. you know, like, finally I was like, ah, oh, all right, now there's a Mandalorian character. I can kind of connect with that character, and and maybe it is because it's a Mandalorian, and, and that's, that's who I am. But I, I, I didn't like Sabine a whole lot before. Maybe the story arc, and now I kind of feel like I have a connection with that character, but now it just doesn't matter because she ain't going to be in any more episodes I bet if she is it's going to be very small
0: I would imagine at this point on so she'll be like uh, oh jeez, I was going to really date myself here with a threes company reference so never mind <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about when Chrissy Snow got written out of the show, and all they would do is have her call in in the morning and the yeah. beginning and show up oh, for yeah, two yeah. seconds, and that's it. That was all contractually yeah. <laughs> they'd let her be on appear yeah. for like forty seconds. Yeah. So and, they were done. <laughs> and the thing was, she wasn't even on the same stages. No, 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 she wasn't. <laughs> so we're going to have Sabine on like a <laughs> video screen, just calling in. How you guys doing? Okay, it was nice talk to you. Well, Bye. That's what I'm thinking. Like they're going to have like
3: blue hollow projectors of Sabine every once in a while, going, oh, here's what's going on with Mandalore," and then bling, let's go uh, on the episode.
4: Uh, uh, for, for Sabine, I don't think it'd be blue. I think it'd be um, like a rainbow.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. okay. So, um, what would you guys think of this episode? I mean, overall, was this a good episode, a bad episode? We'll rate it in just a little bit, but I, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Because, I mean, I made my thoughts pretty clear. I thought, you know, like I said, as far as artwork and some of the other stuff, A-Team for sure. I was a little disappointed in the ending, but um, if this is the last season, I kind of understand where they're going with it. I mean, I guess that's that's my other side yeah. of it, too. And I guess if we were going to end the show, I would rather end it this way than with no explanation of what happens to me. Mm, right. So what would you guys think? Gary, what would you think of the episode? I know because you, you were like, you, when you see this episode, what did you think of this one?
4: Um, I like the, liked the fact that there was a lot of Mandos in it.
3: Yeah. And,
4: uh, yeah, I like Sabine, but I also like uh, Fen Rao a lot.
3: Yeah, I, I had some of more respect for yeah.
4: Fen Rao. The past
0: film. couple episodes, I've really enjoyed him as a character. Yeah. So, so that's the one Mando that I'm like... I want to know more about you
4: know, yeah. you know what happens to him.
3: Uh, and hey, how did he survive being the last protector? I want to know more about that story right. now. Yeah.
4: So uh, overall, I, I enjoyed the episode. I
0: thought the Jedi's were weak again.
3: Right.
4: So it's like, okay.
0: Well, were they weak or were they holding back? Because Sabine said some of these are my family. Right. Yeah. And please don't yeah. hurt them. <laughs>
4: They can still do uh, some force moves on them. Without, uh, yeah. I didn't kill, see a
0: single
3: uh, force push yeah, or anything that's what I mean. in the whole episode. Well, especially when it came to Gar <laughs> Saxon, I'm amazed they weren't a little more aggressive towards those Mandos when they could have been and they decided not
0: to be. Yeah, I think they. I think once Sabine got involved, they were just like, this is her fight. Yeah.
3: So, Tara, what did you think of this episode? Did you like this one? Did you not like it?
1: Um, I would rate this at
3: a six. Wait, we haven't read it yet. Just asking what you think of it.
1: Oh. Sorry. She wasn't
0: paying attention nope. at all. No.
1: Um I I think it was a pretty good episode. I definitely think it was 18 as far as artwork and like probably B to C team as far as like the storyline because it wasn't it was predictable and it just I don't like predictability.
3: Okay? So Eric, what did you think of this episode?
0: I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um yeah. like I said, not coming from a history of knowing every bit of Mando culture and all the detailings that can upset people who, you know, have <laughs> based themselves, like you said, in the legacy canon that might, may, may right. or may not exist anymore. Um, not knowing all that and taking it s- strictly on in story progression from previous episodes with Mandos and stuff, I enjoyed it. <laughs> the Council Review.
3: Okay, so let's take a second. Let's rate this episode. Okay, being uh, a zero, being a don't bother. A Ten, being a must see. Uh, so, uh, anybody want to go first? I guess last. Tara Ti- 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 can go first. Tara, go ahead and go first. Okay,
1: so I, I rate this at a six. Because of the storyline, um, I felt like the predictability took away from the awesome scenes and artwork in the episode quite a bit. Okay. So. All right.
3: So it's six. Yeah. Eric, what would you give this episode?
0: Well, like we always say, and I, I have to put part of my rating on how important is it to see in the overall story. Well, this is not a robot bomb or a <laughs> droids <laughs> right. episode. Uh, this was a very strong tie-in with... You know, where the Mandos are going with right. Sabine as an overall character. Like we said, this could r- officially be her last episode in the completion of her story arc in Rebels. So to me, that makes it a very important episode to see. So for that reason, I have to give it a nine. In terms of if it was just, well, how is it overall as an episode? It'd be more like a seven because it was a good episode, but it. Some of the things about, like you said, the fighting inside the one room where no one could hit each other for about five <laughs> minutes, right? you know, throw What's Sabine the Sabine so. not calling out to her mom, lots of little things that upset me just in the way that it played out, but I like the story overall, right. so, and I did like the ending quite a bit, I liked the fight, I liked the the, the uh, mom shooting, yeah. uh, the Gar Saxon. So I liked Fen Rao as a character. I found him enjoyable, too. So to me, I have to say it's a 9, though, because it's an extremely important episode to see if you're following the progression of these characters. Okay.
3: I would actually give this one probably about a 9 as well. I, I It wasn't spectacular, uh, but it was a decent episode. It was pretty good. And like I said, there were uh, just the two most disappointing things to me were hooking me on Sabine and then yanking her away from me. That was a big thing to me. And the other part of it was small blocking issues. like We've talked about the Jedi not being more involved. I I thought that might have helped a little bit. The fight scene was epic, though. I mean, that, that Gar Saxon, Sabine Wren was totally worth everything. I mean, it was epic. It was good. I thought it was really well put together, well choreographed. I actually wanted the episode to be longer. Like, I almost wanted it to be a two-parter. It could have been. Yeah, they could have. And, and made it, drawn it out a little bit more. The story in particular, or even giving us a little more background into what was really going on. Gary, what did you think about this one?
4: Uh, I'll give it a nine also. Wow. We're almost um, all in agreement
3: tonight. Except for Terra. Imagine yeah. that.
4: The Jedi could have uh, mended fences with the Mandos. Yeah. If they helped them out. You know, the ones that are going to be the... The Red family. The, yeah. yeah. The ones that are going to be in charge. They didn't, because, like I said, you know, was, come on. You have the super commandos there fighting against them. They they could have been using, you know, toss them around. And all oh, the way. yeah. Grabbed uh, Garrus for a minute or two to get someone out to, to help out or whatever, you know. But they they didn't do it that way. Yeah. Which I understand they, they needed the fight between Sabine and her and him. To solidify her Yeah, her, her claim on the Darksaber and, right. and all that. so
0: Okay. Which, officially, it does come back when you think about it. The mom said you didn't win it in battle, so there's no honor. Well, now she's won it in battle.
3: Right, so now there's honor. In there's honor got. to her
0: carrying that blade now. Even if she gives it away, she has it for an honorable reason. Right, right. and then if anybody says that uh, well
4: she didn't kill him, well, that's not her way of doing it, and Gar Garth Saxon there was dishonorable by shooting her in the
0: back. Yeah,
3: he'd lost the fight. All right. So there's one other thing I want to talk about before we end for the night. There was a mention of something tonight that caught my ear. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> Whoa, did we just unravel some can some non canon in the canon? They referred to somebody as the Emperor's hand. Who did Gar it- Saxon was referred to as the Emperor's hand. Right. Okay. So we all know, at least we know who the Emperor's Hand is a reference to. Who's the Emperor's Hand a reference to for my listeners? Mara Jade. Mara Jade, because she was one of the Emperor's Hands, and that's how Luke and Mara meet. So that makes me wonder now. So I'm going to throw out there another reference. Maybe, maybe after all of this, in episode eight, we meet who? Mara Jade. -Jade. Possibly. No, I'm going to back that up. I was right the first time. So in episode 7 we meet Ray. Ray got left behind on her planet by her mother, potentially, who then took off. What's to say Ray is not the daughter of Luke and Mara and we just gave the hint. The potential hint that I, Mara is not dead. I can answer that question for you. What do you think?
4: JJ Abrams said that her parents were not in episode 7.
3: Correct. But she wouldn't have been in the episode. But Luke, Luke was. Is.
4: So it can't be Luke's okay. son, but on
3: the flip side of that, it's J.J. Abrams. Remember, yeah, Star Trek Two was not supposed to be anything like Raff of Khan, yet there it was. You know what I mean? Like it was as obvious as He, day. he it, I'm telling you, it, I, it, it, it's I wouldn't put it past him to lie it's about not. that. It's I, not. I, I think maybe there. Look at the shiny ball over here. Yeah. And we're still doing the storyline over here. She's maybe she Raise a Kenobi. It possibly, but she, I'm, she I'm saying there is the possibility. Because they've now cracked that door open that Mara Jade is still out there. Ray potentially could be Luke's daughter. So there's that possibility is what I'm saying. So there is the possibility that it could happen. Uh, Do you guys like the idea that Mara Jade might actually still be out there? I mean, I guess that's... Does that help? Or does that now create more problems for Disney? I got mixed feelings on it. Yeah. I'd like to see Mara Jade there, but at the same time, I don't. I'll tell you why I don't want to see Mara Jade. Why? If it's anybody but Shannon McRandall, I'm going to have a problem with it. I love Shannon McRandall. And I I get She's got cancer and all that kind of stuff, and I know she could never play the role. And and kudos to her. She's fighting something that that a lot of people would... I'm going to have a hard time with somebody else being Mara Jade. Shannon McRandall will always be Mara Jade to me, because she is the likeness of Mara Jade. And so that's something I would have a problem with. The other issue that I have a problem with is if Mara is out there and she doesn't meet Luke's Luke Skywalker and they don't have kids and that whole thing doesn't happen, that whole storyline's amazing, and and to just rip that away from all the fans, I I, I don't know. That, that's well, that, you know, we'll
0: find out. I mean, in Episode we will, Eight, we are going to discover if Luke well, ever had kids or if he stayed. I, I hate, hate to tell you this, Bob, but they already did rip it away. They
3: did. It, right? You're right. But I mean, there's hope. They've put the hope out there now. You know what I mean? Like there's a New Hope. Uh, uh, and it, it could actually happen, and and so I think some people are gleaming onto that. I, I know some people are, um, but you know, I like I said, I hope they do it the right way if they're gonna do it. If they're not gonna do it the right way, then don't do it at all. That's that's my other look on it too. We need to hear from you. Okay, so that's was our thoughts on this episode. I mean, there was a lot that happened in this episode on. This particular episode of Star Wars Rebels, titled Legacy of Mandalore, we'd love to hear from you. Head on over to GalaxyCast.com. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Right, Ned? Right, Hondo? Let us know what you thought, and we would love to hear from anybody right, else Peter as well as yeah. Hondo, Right,
0: Peter Jeremy Mayhew. Ned, Hondo. Right, Jeremy Bullock.
3: Anybody else? Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, let us know what you thought of the Mandalorians. So, uh, head on over there, GalaxyCast.com. Click on section, sections, contact us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. And as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios...
0: May the force be with those who listen.
2: Another Galaxy Cast transmission draws to a close, brave traveler. Thank you for your participation. Remember, today's science fiction is tomorrow's science fact. Be sure to share your thoughts about this episode by visiting our fan portal at GalaxyCast.com There you can interact with us via Facebook and much, much more. Prepare for the next valiant episode of GalaxyCast soon, and always remember, may the Force be with those who listen.